The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe plug-in hybrid is built for the best of both worlds. For the city buzz, for the call of the wild, for finding solitude, for sharing memories, for day trips, and for far-roaming adventures. Because with gas and electric capability, the Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe inspires you to explore more, to explore it all. Tap the banner to learn more. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Ashley Quinlan, Bike Radar's Senior Road Technical Editor, and I'm joined today by Simon Von Bromley, our Senior Tech Writer. How are you, Simon, today? Yeah, really good. Thank you, Ash. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad at all. Uh, running a little bit of a cold at the moment, but, uh, you know, we'll get through. We'll get through. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a problem. We don't know who, who originated the cold, though. The, what the worry is, is that it could have been me. Obviously, I'm the one with the kid, aren't I? So. You are indeed. You are indeed. But I'm not blaming you. It could have come from anywhere. Could have come from anywhere. It's World Cup fever. Exactly. Yes, yeah. So, uh, Simon, um, what have you been up to recently? Um, well, I've been testing uh, a lot of smart trainers because it is, you know, it is the time of year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's kind of going to lead on to what we're going to talk about today. But uh, Don't spoil it. Don't I, spoil I won't, it. I won't spoil it. But, yeah, I've been testing a lot of, sl- lot of smart trainers. I uh, recently reviewed the, the Zwift Hub, mm-hmm. which is a very good value uh, mid-range smart trainer. I yep. uh, highly recommend reading our review of that on BiteRadar.com. And likewise, the the new uh, Wahoo Kicker V6, which is the latest version of Wahoo's high-end smart trainer, another very good trainer. And I've also just wrapped up uh, reviewing the Elite Justo, mm-hmm. but that has yet to be published. So you'll have to wait to find out what I think about that. Oh, well, that's a lot of indoor riding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the weather's been atrocious. So to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to be riding indoors at the moment. I'm a very delicate soul. What about you, though? What have you been up to? Uh, actually, I've just got off, um, got off a holiday. Um, so I have actually missed a lot of this atrocious weather that I've been <laughs> hearing about. Um, but no, back, ready, ready and raring to go. Um, got a couple of bikes on test at the moment uh, that we'll, uh, you'll be able to read about in the, in the coming, coming weeks and months on, on, on Bike Radio. And uh, yeah, just uh, cracking on and preparing for the uh, for for the, the uh, festive season. Lovely stuff. So we are here today, Simon, to uh, talk about a little bit of a bugbear of yours. I believe uh, you've dragged me down here to the uh, podcast studio so you can vent. Uh, no, no, we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to cover it off in, uh, in 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 good detail. And and uh, and yeah, this that's why we're here. So we are going to talk about erg mode. Are we not? Yeah, and and specifically, I kind of want to make the argument that I think it's overrated. Okay, okay, right. Well, um, for those of those of us who don't know what erg mode is, um, I'm slightly familiar with it. But tell us, what is erg mode to someone who doesn't know what that is? Yeah, obviously, it's a a good place to start by defining that. I think so. Erg mode is an optional setting used by smart trainers and uh, kind of smart indoor bikes, 
and you use it during workouts, kind mm -hmm. of interval workouts with pre-described or predetermined uh, kind of power targets. And basically it allows the trainer to automatically adjust the resistance at the trainer to match your cadence to hold you at those predetermined power levels. So, you know, if you were going from kind of easy, easy pace and then into an interval, it would automatically increase the resistance you know, in response to the kind of interval training session telling you to go from, you know, say 150 to 300 watts or whatever. And the idea is that you would just kind of keep doing your 90 RPM or whatever your kind of preferred cadence was. And the trainer would simply respond to, you know, yeah. take you up and down the resistance. And the kind of, you know, there are some advantages to this, but, you know, it obviously sounds quite good on paper, right? Because it's, you know, kind of doing some of the work for you and who doesn't like that? But I think it kind of can lead to some, you know, very specific problems that aren't necessarily going to be deal breakers. But I think we're kind of maybe overlooking. Well, the way you describe it, it sounds, it sounds like something that's actually really convenient, right? It, uh, potentially and I'm thinking about this, it takes the thought out of out of your workout. So if your workout requires you to do, say, over and unders at 180 watts and then go to 220 watts and come back down to 180, go back up to 220. If you don't want to have to think about that, you could just ride your bike at whatever cadence that you choose to ride it at and then the trainer will adapt the resistance accordingly so you produce that power. Uh, so for context, if you're doing, say, 120 RPM as a extreme example but it would have a, a lower resistance at the trainer because you'd be producing that over your revolutions yeah. per minute yeah, yeah. and if you were doing say 60 rpm that would be it would, it would put a lot more resistance at the trainer in order to get you to produce that yeah. wattage right it's the rpm times yeah exactly obviously so power in a cycling context we would say is you know torque times torque times cadence or mm -hmm. you know force times cadence yeah. it's, it's the amount you know it's a kind of the amount how hard you're pressing on the pedals multiplied by how often you're turning the pedals yeah. um, per minute. So yeah, and it just it is it is a convenient thing, and um, as you say, it kind of removes that need to to kind of think about what you're doing, and and obviously it removes you know, especially with intervals, you know, pacing is very important. You know, if you overshoot at the start of an interval and then undershoot at the end, you're not necessarily getting you're not maximizing your time at that specific target power which is designed yeah. you know if if you've got a well-constructed training plan and you've got your kind of zone set correctly that's designed to kind of you know elicit the maximum training response from you yes but you know convenience isn't always a good thing mm. as with many things in life yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know whether you're racing you're kind of training for sportives or you know you're just aiming to kind of get like fitter and faster in general mm. we're learning how to pace and you know how to use your gears to kind of adjust your cadence and, and you know all of these sorts of things especially if you're doing time trials or hill climbs then those things are really really important and i mm. and i you know these this, this is kind of like you know st step one in my argument but i think that kind of like this idea that it it takes away the thought process and takes away the you know the need to kind of pace intervals correctly yeah i, I just don't think that's something we should necessarily, you know, always be doing because, yeah, learning how to pace your efforts is a really important skill. Yeah, well, no one's doing that for you on the road, right? Yeah, so absolutely. You, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, whether it's a time trial, you're climbing a hill, and you need to measure your own effort, a computer isn't going to be doing that for you. You are the one who's going to have to ride at a certain power. Um, so why is Ergwode overrated then? Take us through it. 
So I think I think the kind of like the big realization for me that I think it's overrated is because when when we do erg mode, you know, because as we said, because the trainer adjusts the resistance automatically, you're not supposed to use your gears. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you, you can, but generally they, you know, it's recommended that you don't shift, and if you do, it's kind of one or two shifts just to kind of modulate things. But this means you're doing your training at a set level of uh, kind of inertia mm-hmm. or momentum if you're staying in that single gear then the kind of level of uh kind of momentum in the system is going to be the same now i'm gonna just to define what that is a fly a, a smart trainer typically has a flywheel mm-hmm. and when you pedal you put energy into that flywheel and it you know it spins yep and the inertia or the energy stored within that flywheel is what gives you that kind of feeling of momentum Yes. And movement is what creates the road feel. So if you read in our smart trainer reviews, when we talk about inertia, mm-hmm. you're saying I'm essentially talking about that energy that's built up in the flywheel and gives you that feeling that when you pedal, you can kind of keep you if you're you're moving forward. And if you stop pedaling, you coast and it doesn't you know, if we've if if you've ever ever ridden a an older, cheaper, smart, uh, older, cheaper, dumb trainer with a very small flywheel. We all kind of mm. know that feeling where it comes to a stop very quickly. And it doesn't feel like you do out in the real world where, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're pedaling along, you stop pedaling, you don't just immediately stop. You know, you have a level of momentum and energy that you've put into the system that dissipates slowly. And so better smart trainers and bigger flywheels to give you a more realistic road feel. Mm. But this is important with erg mode because typically you'd be in a low gear for erg mode. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, about why that is recommended later. Yeah. But this tends to then put you in a situation where you're pedaling in a kind of low, relatively low inertia state. And, you know, one I use a lot of power meters. And one thing that I have noticed, especially, you know, I do a lot of time trialing, but I also like to do kind of virtual climbs on Zwift, mm-hmm. is that you pedal very, very differently depending on whether you're, in a kind of high momentum, high inertia setting, when yep. you're on a time trial bike going fast, you're still going fast, going nowhere in the, in my room. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, just to get very meta on us all. Or you know, if you're if you're kind of in a pedaling in a low inertia, low momentum state when you're kind of climbing a steep virtual gradient. Now, if we look at the pedaling dynamics data from my power meter pedals it becomes very obvious that when I'm in that high momentum state, my, my power phase of my pedal stroke starts very high because I don't have to work to get over that dead spot in yep. the top of the uh, top of the pedal stroke. So that would be when you're riding at a faster pace. That's so right. let, let's take it as a, yeah. time, a time trial simulation. Yeah, exactly that. And, 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 you know, I think, you know, intuitively, we know this, right? Like when you're going fast, the kind of the gear flows very easily because you're not having to kind of do those mini accelerations, yep. you know? And so, you know, we, I, can put a, I can put a figure on it because, you know, <laughs> I looked it up, but from a kind of recent uh, high-intensity interval session I did on the time trial bike recently, my uh, kind of pedal power phase started at uh, approximately 320 degrees. Yeah. So, you'll see 360 degrees is the top, so just before then. But when we're climbing, the power phase of my pedal stroke starts much earlier. Yep. So if we look at a kind of race effort, I did up the uh, epic KOM reverse, which is you know kind of one of the like kind of longest deep climbs in Zwift. Mm-hmm. My power, uh, my power phase started at two hundred and ninety degrees, which is around 
you know, 30 degrees less. And that's because you're having, because it's a, a steep climb, the flywheel speed is lower, you have low inertia, low momentum, you're having to kick over the top of that pedal stroke yes. to keep your momentum going. And I think, you know, it, this sounds really complicated, but we all know that when you're kind of climbing, you have to pedal differently mm. to when you're riding fast on a flat road or a downhill. Yeah, And so because of that, you know, to kind of get to my point. <laughs> it's all good context, Si. You're using different, you're using different muscle pa- firing patterns, you know, you're using different muscles at different points in the pedal stroke. You mm. know, I think we're all kind of familiar with the graphs showing, you know, which muscles engage at which points as you're in the pedal stroke. And so if you're training for climbs, mm-hmm. for steep climbs, long climbs, or if you're training for time trials, then using erg mode and sticking in one kind of, you know, medium to low flywheel, low momentum, low inertia state isn't going to be optimum mm. for what you're training for. It's not going to give you those same, that same pedaling style, that same muscle firing pattern. Sure. And so, it, you know, so then when you come to, you know, race day, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to be prepared in an optimum way. No. Well, we'll come on to how we can make our training a little bit more specific in in a bit, I, I think. But, uh, but you know, you mentioned earlier about your gearing and why some brands uh, or most brands are, recommend that you have certain gearing uh, when you're using erg mode. I mean, if you uh, theoretically erg mode should compensate for any gear you're in. So why can't you or why shouldn't you just use erg mode in any gear you like? Yeah, and and that's that's a really good question because obviously. Yeah, theoretically, you sh- as you say, the, the trainer should just compensate for whatever gear you're in and just change the resistance based on your cadence, and it shouldn't really matter. Mm. The issue is that, you know, obviously we don't live in a perfect world. Even the best smart trainers are kind of, you know, not functionally perfect. And that basically, when flywheel speeds are really high, trainers have to apply bigger braking forces to that flywheel in order to modulate the resistance. Because that's, that, that's how... Um, Smart trainers modulate, you know, they create resistance and create gradients by essentially using a magnetic brake on a, you know, on a physical flywheel. In the case of most trainers, there are some that use a virtual flywheel. Yes. Yeah. You know, but they use a kind of complicated system of magnets to basically achieve the same effect. And so most smart trainers have a tendency to kind of overshoot or undershoot at higher flywheel speeds. So they'll often, you know, cut the resistance by a little bit too much and then overcompensate and then go the back the other way. And so if you try and use erg mode in a really big gear to do say time trial efforts, you'll often find that it's very difficult for the smart trainer and therefore you to kind of consistently hold that kind of flat average power that you're trying to hold. And it can just be really frustrating because, you know, one moment it will be too easy and then the other will be too difficult and then too easy, too difficult. And, you know, that's not, it can just be generally frustrating because that's just not what you're trying to do. And because you're then not in control of it, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're just riding on using your gears, if, if it's kind of, if, you know, if your cadence is too low, you change gear, yeah. you know, and, and vice versa. So you're just not in control of it. So you know, even the brands who make the best smart trainers like Wahoo or Elite, you know, any of those will generally recommend you use the small chain ring in the front and the middle of the cassette at the back. Okay. So... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and if you are, I mean, I've used erg mode before. It's not something that I use all the time. I choose not to, but not necessarily because I have a, a particular issue with it. But I remember my experience of it being that I would get to a transition in the power. It would, and I'd be going at a certain speed, a quite fast speed. Therefore, I'd have a lot of inertia in, 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 that, in that flywheel. And 
it would then overcompensate that rise in resistance. I'd push harder then because I feel like I need to. And then it would say, right, well, I've got all this resistance at the, at the flywheel. You're pushing harder. Therefore, I'm going to take that resistance off the flywheel. It then gets easier. I pedal really easily then. Yeah. And then it thinks, oh, I've got no resistance at the flywheel. You're not pushing very hard. Therefore, I'll put the power back up again, the resistance <laughs> yeah. back up. Yeah. And this is what you're talking about. That's is exactly this right. up and down, up yeah. and down. Yeah. And that's the feeling that someone may get. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast now, you may be familiar with that sensation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if that is the case, then the the, the most likely issue, I mean, some trainers are just, you know, some, some older smart trainers were just not very good at... <laughs> sure, <laughs> hold, sure. You know, if they if they didn't have an accurate power meter, they they kind of struggled to hold it anyway. And then, then you know, you're kind of... Yeah. It's just all up in the air. But, but assuming that a power, the power assuming, meter and the recording is, is yeah, accurate to then, a certain Then degree. it is often that you're in a too big a gear. Mm. And so switching to the small chain ring at the front, you know, obviously because that tends to have the biggest effect on your gear, it, yeah. and then using a kind of middle, middle uh, cog in the cassette tends to be a really good fix for that yeah but then you come back to that problem of you know for me as a time trialist for example i don't you know when i race because mm-hmm. you know, obviously you know uk time trials for those who don't know tend to take place on mostly flat courses i'm never in the small ring no for my racing so it, it, it so it just that that level of momentum and inertia in a system doesn't replicate what i will experience in a kind of race scenario. Now, of course, you know, it is indoor training. We're not replicating what we experience racing out in the real world, but, you know, we can still optimise. So with that in mind, how can we make training more specific? If if we're looking to replicate what we are doing outside in the real world, and we think that erg mode may not be the best solution for that, although it could be a good solution for many people, and maybe we should recap that in a moment, you know, (laughs) Uh, you know why? Why? How can we make it make you know training more specific? So I, I, I think you know it, it's kind of like it's a really it's you know it's kind of simple thing to say, but it's a kind of just you know we, we just take back control from the robot overlords and and don't let the kind of trainer decide for you. Yep. Would be uh, kind of you know what what I would advise. It, it's a kind of you know, if you want to train for kind of big climbs. Mm-hmm you know, use simulation mode to, to kind of pick a consistently steep gradient, mm-hmm. you know, make sure your bike is in a kind of easy, you know, one of your easier gears that you would use when you're climbing those things. And then, you know, train under those conditions because your pedal stroke is going to then match what you're training for. You know, you're going to yeah. have that kick over the top to maintain that momentum. You're going to have to pedal it in that way. Mm. It's going to feel like you've got to overcome that resistance with every pedal stroke, just like it will when you're climbing. Yeah. And vice versa, if you're claiming, if you're trying to training for time trials or, you know, fast group rides or something like that, you want to, you know, perhaps train on a, you know, kind of flat or a kind of shallow gradient where you're going to get those higher flywheel speeds and you're going to, and it, you're going to have to pedal with that momentum. Mm. And because you know, there is a certain, like I said, that, that there's a difference in how you pedal. And so it's just kind of important to learn how to put the power down in the right situations. Yeah. Now, of course, we can take it even further. And, you know, this is one thing that I really like doing is rather than just using, you know, set steady gradients, mm. I, I really think I, I get a, you know, I just find it much more interesting personally to to actually go to a kind of virtual climb, whether it's in Zwift or you can, you know, obviously in, in Ruby or, you know, Wahoo X, you can upload GPXs of various courses and it will create it for you. And then you have to ride the climb, you know, like you would in real life. So in the steep parts, you have to go a little bit harder. Yep. And then in the shallower parts, you maybe back off a bit. And, and you know, you have to use your gears to modulate the effort or, mm. you know, or just, you know, press the pedals harder. And, uh, and whilst 
Yeah, I suppose you're not, you know, we are returning to that thing where like, is the over under the most kind of you know, effect? Is that going to be the most effective way of training? But it is more, it might be more specific. And, you know, for me, it's certainly more interesting. So like, like you said earlier, like erg mode is going to work for some people. And, and if you really enjoy using it and, you, and it just takes away that kind of need to think about it and you know, ultimately that means you you, you, know, you ride your bike more than you otherwise would have done, then of course that's a net benefit. But I think if you're just using erg mode, you know, because the box was ticked <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you haven't really given it much thought, yeah. I just implore you to try something else. It occurs to me if I'm using, if I'm, if I'm using erg mode and let's say I'm training for a climb or I could be training. For, I could train for any scenario at all. But let's say I am training for to to get up um, Alpe d'Huez, for example, in the real world. Mm. I choose to do Alpe de Zwift as a kind of facsimile for that. But I'm using Erg mode. It takes away all of that, you know, that that control that I have over the effort I'm putting in. And for me, that's part of that's part of cycling. That's mm. part of uh, you know. You engage with a some. You have to make that judgment. I think it was Chris Boardman who says you have to to get you know to to measure your effort. You have to ask yourself the question: Can I hold this? And the mm. answer should be maybe. Yeah. Now, if the computer is always telling you yes, you definitely can because it's controlling your effort level and you know that's within your ability, then maybe you're not training as hard or as well as you could do. But at the same time, you lose that control and that ability to learn when you've gone over the limit and then you can shift down and the trainer won't then try and get you back up to that power level. You can shift down because you are then managing your own effort to, you know, in line with what you think you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, getting the most out of erg mode like really relies on having your kind of training zones very precisely set. Because it, I think that's the key point, isn't like, it? Like, like it, you it, said, yeah. It, it, if 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 you're not capable of holding that effort that it's yeah. asking of you on the day, because you know your FTP is set wrong, then you're going to really struggle. Mm. And you know, like anyone who's used erg mode for a significant amount of time has probably experienced a kind of you know spiral of death where you uh, can't hold the power. Yes, and so your cadence drops, and then the trainer goes, "Well, your cadence drops. Well, you must increase the resistance then, because you know." That's the power that we're aiming for. That's the power for. we're aiming for. So yeah. you will do it. Yeah. And then you can't push any harder. <laughs> and then you can't push any harder. Anyway. So your cadence drops again. And the trainer goes, ah, well, your cadence has dropped. I must increase the resistance. Yes. And then you just, you know, you grind to a halt. And, you know, I've ended quite a few erg mode workouts like mm. that. And um, some 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 of the more modern smart trainers, like the, the Elite Justo and the, the Wahoo Kicker, core, uh, Kicker V6, have introduced ways to kind of get back into an erg mode session yeah. that was interrupted, yeah. which, you know, which is nice. Um, but it doesn't solve that kind of the front end problem of not being able to hold that cadence at that specific power, you know. And yeah, and, and likewise, if you know, if the if the interval session ends up being too easy because you've underestimated your FTP and you you know you've got a little bit fitter, then that training session is not you know you're not it's not going to let you push any harder. No. So, like you say, if you try and pedal harder, it's just going to go ah. I see your cadence has risen. Well, I should cut the resistance. Yeah, <laughs> it, it feels it feels like it wouldn't enable you then to uh, push yourself any harder if you're on a particularly good day or bad day. The computer can't tell that. No, and and you know you can dial it up and down using the kind of controller on your phone and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not as an organic experience as just feeling like you know you come to the bottom of you know you're training for outdoors in the real world. You're doing your virtual training whether it's on Outdoor Zwift or you've uploaded a GPX to another app. Mm. And you come to it and, you know, 
20 minutes in, you're kind of in the rhythm, you know, you're doing that, you know, you've gone around the first few hairpins, you know, you could, you know, you ease up through the hairpins and then hit the climb again, you ease up through the hairpins and then you think, oh, I'm feeling really good today. I'm going to empty the taps here. Yeah. And then of course, you know, <laughs> yeah. you get 10 minutes from the top and you're like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel so good. Here. Yeah. You know, maybe I've overcooked it, but, you know, cause overcooking it is an important part of yes. finding your limits. Mm, you know, if you're, mm. you know, you want, as you say, you're looking for that maybe. Mm. And sometimes you just, you go beyond and it becomes a no and you think, oh, I just need to back this off a little bit. Yeah. And then you can do that. And, and I think that's a kind of a really, you know, that using your brain and, and using the kind of the differences in the course, you know, whether it's time trialing, whether it's climbing, you know, I, I just think those are such important aspects uh, to both training, you know, riding, racing, whatever, that, yeah. that I think erg mode taking them away kind of simplifies it too much. Yeah. And this isn't to say that erg mode isn't suitable for anyone at all by, by any means. As you rightly pointed out, if you've got your power numbers nailed down to a T and you're very familiar with your fatigue levels and what you need to hold and what you need to do to a prescribed training plan that you think or you know works for you, actually running in, in erg mode could be a really good solution for you because you know with say let's say 99% certainty that you're going to be able to complete that it's going to be in the zones that you want it to be in and you're let's say you're keeping your FTP updated every say two to four weeks which is which is more often than say more often, man, than, more often, more often than, than I do well more often than many pe many yeah. coaches and many people yeah. um, uh, recommend you to do but if you are always on top of that and on top of your condition so if you're a full-time training athlete or a particularly you know, pretty keen and, and committed athlete and are able to train multiple times a week without fail, erg mode could be suitable for you, but that's not everyone. No. And probably not most people we're talking to in this podcast, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, it's kind of one of those things I like, you know, it, obviously if it works for you mm. and, you know, don't let me tell you how to ride your bike. Sure. I'm just kind of like trying to reach the people who have just always had it on by default or because you know it's a fancy feature yeah might as well use it yeah i'm just trying to reach those people and say like you know i'm not i'm not suggesting you never do an erg work workout again like they can be really useful and, and if sometimes if you, you know if you're kind of like you've been at work all day mm. and your ability your mental capacity is shot but you're like you know i'm just going to get on this trainer i don't want to think i just want to do the work you know yeah. then you know, all, pa all power to you so i i, I just it, it's going to be a clear net benefit to your fitness if you're riding the bike more because of erg mode than not so it, it's kind of it, it is you know it's not as, as kind of simple as as i'm obviously making it out but yeah i i think there's a there are advantages to not relinquishing that kind of control yes and um you know they they come in the form of you know learning how to pace the differences in pedaling style depending on that kind of level of inertia in the system and also then yeah like you know acknowledging the fact that the real world isn't a perfectly smooth gradient all the time mm, and mm. and like while that you know accumulating time in a very specific zone is also good mm. well you know so is also training for the specific demands of you know, whatever you're training for yeah so there's a kind of balance to be had and um hopefully you've learned something <laughs> yeah well it's also it's also another factor is is ensuring that you are able to read your own body and understand the cues your body's yeah. giving you right the erg mode doesn't give you that Okay, so, so uh, yes, erg mode doesn't give you that. I'm getting myself confused with between all my modes. Now. <laughs> um, but you know, if your heart rate is sky high on a on a say a zone three, 
zone three power efforts that your that erg mode is prescribed for you, then you know that you're not going to be able to do the zone four and zone five stuff that could be coming down the way because you're you simply aren't going to be able to maintain that. Learning that about yourself is really important and doing your workouts accordingly. Whereas you know, you would you would then ease off maybe and take an easier ride, but with erg mode, you're not going to be able to achieve that. You're going to get into your spiral of death <laughs> in all, all, all likelihood, and then your your workout's just going to stop. Yeah, and I think yeah, obviously, you know, it's it's kind of worth saying that like erg mode is just a kind of blunt tool. It, sure. it, it, it kind of it's only as like you said it's just, it's only as good as the kind of data you feed in so if your ftp is set wrong it's it's just it's never going to be useful mm. of course there is you know there is a certain thing of you know if you're kind of really pushing the limits and you're not sure and there is that kind of thing of like the erg mode is going to demand x power from you and so if you're not quite sure that you can do it it's kind of a good way to get over that you know kind of fear of going deep because it's going to demand it for you and you're going to sure. have to do it it's that it's that Chris, Baldwin, it's that Chris, Chris so, Baldwin quote, isn't it? Yeah. So then there yeah. might be, but but uh, but I found that when I can't hit the numbers on an erg mode workout, it's generally really frustrating because you because of the tendency to kind of fall into that spiral of death thing. Yeah. Which you don't, ha- you know, like I have many times gone for a best time, you know, on Alp de Zwift or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just kind of like. <laughs> overcooked it yeah, yeah you know and you're just hanging on for those mm-hmm. last kind of 10 minutes but like that's the same in races right you know sometimes you've got to have to go out fast yeah to see if like actually you know maybe today's a good day i'm going to go out really fast and like having those kind of those days where you kind of go out a bit fast and have to rein it in and you know learning how to properly pace an event as well like you know those are all really important things and 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 so just yeah relinquishing that control I'm just kind of not on board with it. And, you know, I, I can kind of, I know, you know, it's, it, it is a fancy feature. It's nice to have, you know, smart trainers are, are very clever and, you know, mm. software is very clever and all of that sort of stuff. But like at, at the end of the day, as you say, it, it's it's good to be able to to know your body and, you know, know how you're pedaling and, and how that affects what you're training for. So speaking of software very quickly before we try to wrap up, you mentioned earlier that some brands are starting to bring some features that maybe enable you to get back into a, if you found a, an interval too challenging, they you could take a break and then come back into that mm-hmm. interval. Um, and it would, it, what, 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 and it allows you to do that. How does it do that, first of all? Um, and do, does it does it solve the problem? I suppose we'll get to that at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of solves half of the problem. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not just that it allows you to get back into it if you found it too challenging. Like if someone you know gave you a phone call or yeah. rang the doorbell to yeah. you know, deliver a parcel you know it, it, it's useful for that as well it's it, essentially what it does is if you have to interrupt a workout you know one of the issues with erg mode can be with interruptions is that when if you interrupt during the middle of you know a high power interval getting back into that workout could be very very difficult because you have got to as soon as you you know press start again it's going to clamp on the resistance for you know if you if it's say you know 300 400 watts whatever it is it's going to clamp on that, that resistance straight away and it's going to be like right back on it yep. now yeah <laughs> and you st- you still have to spin up right? and you have to yeah exactly and you know spinning up you know we all can get back up to you know pretty quickly but it's going to take a couple of seconds to get, and if you don't kind of if you're not able to kind of overcome that that kind of the resistance at 70 rpm to get back up to 80 to get back up to 90 to get back up to 95 it if you if you get mm. stuck at 70 RPM, it's mm. going to put more resistance on. 
well, more pertinently for some people as well, you're starting from zero, right? So yeah, you start yeah. at 10, then 20, and the amount of resistance that the, the resistance unit's going to be giving you is, is going to it's be gonna, it's a gonna, lot. It's going to be a lot. And so you've got to kind of overcome that to get back onto it. Now, Elite and Wahoo have implemented in their most recent high-end trainers basically easy start features where they yep. give you a few seconds to kind of spin up to that power and it kind of slowly ramps the, the okay. resistance up in a kind of more gentle way. Now, Wahoo has said that they are going to bring that to previous versions of the kicker mm-hmm. and the kicker core and the kicker bike. I don't know when that's going to happen, but they have said, because it's just a software yes. implementation. It's a firmware update. It's a firmware update. Um, I haven't heard uh, if Elite are going to be bringing that to their other smart trainers, but to be fair, I haven't asked. Nope. So, <laughs> that's fair, fair enough. So um, I don't want to say that they're not going to, mm. but equally, you know, they haven't said that they will. Hopefully that's the kind of feature that will you know, be rolled out to to all smart trainers. But I don't know if there's anything that can be done for that kind of start bit because, you know, power is force times cadence. And Mm -hmm. and if your cadence drops, you need to put out more force to maintain the same power. So Mm -hmm. you're in that tricky situation where, you know, the smart trainer doesn't know what you're thinking. So if if you're dropping the cadence because you just can't maintain that power anymore, Mm. it doesn't know that. It's just, uh, it's just, it just says, oh, you've dropped your cadence. Well, I should increase the resistance, keep Mm. the same power then. Mm. And it's a very blunt tool. Yeah, (laughs) and it it occurs to me as well that these, these new, these new features that we're starting to see, you know, they'll help you get back into an effort and that's fine. But if the reason you stopped doing the effort in the first place is because you couldn't hold it, well, yeah. you know, then you may you may then take a bit of recovery, get yeah. back up to speed again. But ultimately you can't you couldn't no, hold you're it not in the gonna first be able to do it. Yeah. So you're so, not gonna be able to do it anyway. No. Right? So so in that situation obviously obviously I would recommend, you know, if if possible in whatever app you're using, basically dialing down yes. the target power yep. for that interval. But then you know you're you're kind of still making a kind of vague judgment on then well what do I think I could sustain and presumably your ego has just been a bit bruised by the failure so mm. you know yeah yeah <laughs> you know you're starting to think maybe I should just can this whole thing and reassess my life like yeah what am I doing doing yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's an interesting insight into your into your mental into your well uh, yeah <laughs> a little bit little bit training. little bit close to home right um, <laughs> so so yeah so I I, I find. You know, I find it easier just to not put myself in those situations. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, and if I have a target power, if I'm doing an interval-based workout, you know, I do it in in simulation mode. If it's on a time trial bike, I tend to pick, you know, a, a kind of 1% or 2% flat mm. road or a shallow gradient. Mm. I use my gears. You know, if I'm feeling really good, mm. I'll, you know, I'll push that day. And yeah. then if I'm not feeling so good, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll complete the intervals that are kind of like slightly less than, you know, what it was asking me for and I'll get I'll get the work done without yeah. any kind of dramas and but yeah that's just the way I prefer doing it well that's fair enough I didn't ask you if you think erg mode is overrated <laughs> to tie off because I think it's fairly clear um but you know you've got if you're not going to use erg mode what what are if if someone's new to smart training and we're listening right now what what, what options are there available to them so you, you can do, you know, you can do work. You don't have to use erg mode for workouts. You can do it. It is optional. You can you can just do it in kind of simulation mode, yep. which is just the standard. Uh, it, it, the smart trainer doesn't control the resistance. You either set the resistance to a predetermined level on your kind of like bike computer mm-hmm. or the kind of app that you're using, or, you know, you can allow it to simulate a course. Yeah. You know, simulation mode just means simulate. So if it simulates a gradient, of your deter- you know, predetermined level or a kind of course. Yeah. Now, I, I, I think the kind of optimum, you know, just like doing a kind of workout, if you would to go do an interval training session outside, you'd have to react to the changing gradients of outside. So I kind of think the optimum is, is, is kind of doing that. Yeah. But 
you know, not all apps necessarily allow you to kind of overlay a workout over the the course without mm. being on a kind of set gradient. Yeah. It depends what app you're using, really. Not yeah. all apps allow you to do that. We won't get into too many yeah. details about that right now, of course. But from, from my experience as well, I've tried doing a workout to... Uh, prescribed powers, uh, power levels. Um, I was using Zwift at the time, um, but I'm I'm riding along. I've got it set to respond to the changes in, in terrain. So it gets harder when I start going up hills, gets easier when I start going down hills. Uh, yet at the same time, I have to ride at the power that it's telling me to ride at. Obviously, I can choose not to, but I won't mm, complete. Yeah. I won't complete the interval session. So that's one way of doing it that I've I've experienced. I don't think that's all, always the best way. So you find yourself on a downhill. Suddenly, you've got no resistance at the flywheel, and yeah. you're having to go all the way up the you know, down the cassette and all and into your big ring. And even then, you may not get the power that you are supposed to. It say you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so I was supposed to be doing 500 watts. No, for, for 10 tr- seconds. yeah, exactly. Trying to do 500 difficult. watts downhill at you know 70 kilometers per hour in your mm. biggest gear like it that's you know you if you're going to do kind of workouts on you know, just like in the real world you yeah. need to pick your kind of course yeah. intelligently yes. i suppose so you know if it's if you if you're looking to train for flat time trials you know mm. pick a kind of a virtual course yeah that is you know kind of closely replicates that and likewise yeah if you are looking to do you know sprints you're going to kind of want a flat road somewhere right so yeah. it, it it's it's just about kind of like being intentional Yes. about what you're doing. Yeah, and I mean the other the other side of the coin is, I can still do that same workout on the same course on Zwift, but all it's doing if I if I select a certain the certain modes and the certain selections, I can have it so that it isn't responding to the gradient changes. I'm st- it's still showing me as yeah going up right. and down the, these climbs and so on. It's, it shows you a facsimile of what your speed might be. Yes, but essentially I'm in full control of the resistance at the at the. Uh, at the at the at the um, at the flywheel, yeah. Um, as well as being able to modulate that by so that stays still, but then I change the gears on my on my bike in order to go up and down, and that yeah. takes some getting used to as well, right? Yeah. I mean, when you first get into it, you think I can't hold this, and your your powers hold jumping all over the place. Yeah. It, it's it's a different experience to riding out on the road, but actually. If I'm honest, that's quite you know similar to riding on the road. It's very rare to find someone who can ride on the road with ever-changing gradients and yeah. and road surfaces, and yet still be able to ha- say hold 220 watts within five watts every yeah, second. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. That and exactly. And so, so learning how to kind of you know modulate your power like that and 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 pace efforts and all those things, as as a kind of said during this episode it is really important and so yeah that is another option you can you can set it to ride around the Mm. kind of virtual world and then you know you just you just but you choose the gradient based Mm. on you know your personal preferences now like i said i'm kind of recommending that you know if you're training for something specific whether it's you know climbs time trials or whatever then use use that kind of gradient and the effect that it has on the kind of inertia and your momentum and how fast it feels that you're riding, yep. use that to your advantage mm. to train better for whatever you're training for. Yep. And, and don't just kind of like think, well, you know, all pedaling is the same, all training is the same. Like in broad strokes, you know, yeah, f- you know, five minutes at 300 watts is five minutes at 300 watts, but there is there are subtle differences to how you generate that power mm. and generating it on a time trial bike is different to generating it on a steep climb on a road bike. Yeah. So just be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's something that, you know, you want to mess around with, I would recommend doing so. Well, there we are. Um, so, uh, you know, as, we, as we've probably uh, inc- uncovered by now, you know, erg mode, overrated, Simon? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Well, you, you 
make very convincing <laughs> arguments, and I, I can hardly disagree with you. My own personal experience is that it doesn't give me the experience on a trainer that I like. I like to be in control of what I'm doing on a trainer. And if I'm not in, as you, you mentioned earlier, that if, you know you, some people may wish to just jump on and get the wattage out and so on. I find if I'm not mentally ready to think about the wattage that I'm putting out, then potentially I shouldn't be doing the workout at all because I'm too tired anyway mentally to do it properly. That being said, that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. So that's a that's a personal thing on, on my side. But but for me, I think it's definitely got its place. I think that if you are if you know as we've discussed, if you know your power outputs, you know your FTP, you know the effort level, and you know your own body very well, and you are very strict in your training regime, that there is room in your schedule for erg mode to be used. But for for I would say the majority of our listeners the chances are, unless I'm talking to, you know, uh, domestic pro, <laughs> and that's all who I'm talking to, um, then you, chances are you probably will want to take back some of that control to learn more about yourself and to have a more immersive experience. Because ultimately, that's a lot, that's, you know, why a lot of us have smart trainers as opposed to so-called dumb trainers that you just sit in a garage and pedal and, and look at a wall for, for two hours. That's not, you know, that's not why we do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I would essentially agree. Like unless unless erg mode is something that you know you, you really enjoy and and you can kind of like justify to yourself that you have mm. this is why I do it, then I I just think it's worth exploring other avenues. Yeah. You know, it, you, obviously, you, know, you don't have to listen to anything I say. And if you if you if you try out, you know, doing what I'm doing and you think this is rubbish, I I really prefer erg mode. Then like you know that's, that's absolutely fine. fine. But yeah. um, it's just my opinion. <laughs> well, here, well. So that opinion will be published on Bike Radar soon, won't it? In a in a, in a feature, and you'll be able to see some of the numbers that um, Simon mentioned at the, near the start of this. Uh, yeah, exactly. This. Yeah, like uh, because I have all of these parameters, you know, we have all this access to data, and I finally found a use for uh, Garmin Cycling Dynamics, which is uh, you know, like I said, t like I said earlier, tells you when your kind of power phase starts on your pedal yep. on your pedal stroke. It also tells you when it ends, yep. and it also tells you the kind of like the peak power phase. You know, so that the point during the pedal stroke when you're putting the most power through mm -hmm. the pedals, there's a lot of data there. I, what I what I did for the kind of graphs that you'll see on the article is I took the kind of the the one minute max power from you know from the climb and the one minute max power from that interval session. Mm -hmm. you know, basically, when I was kind of going hardest in those two two kind of efforts, and then yeah, you you see some very clear differences because if you look at the averages over the course of the rise mm -hmm. of each ride, you know those rides also included you know a lot of easy pedaling. And so the kind of the numbers look a lot closer. But when you dive into what actually happens when you're kind of really working hard, yeah. things start to change and it becomes quite obvious. And but I think you know it, 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 this this sounds like kind of something you know, very very complicated. But I think intuitively anyone who's been up a steep climb will know that it feels different to pedaling yep. when you're kind of you know going downhill or on a fast on a you know a, a fast a road ride on the flat yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just kind of that level of momentum and inertia in the system affects how you have to pedal mm. and so it's kind of useful to acknowledge that and potentially useful to and hopefully more effective to incorporate that knowledge into your training well as simon said you don't have to agree with him <laughs> um and if you don't and if you have an opinion about you know what how erg mode works for you um then uh, do try do get in touch with us uh podcast at bikeradar.com i believe it is Simon. yeah that's right and i'm sure there's a you know if there are any qualified coaches listening they're probably 
angrily typing out their emails as to why I'm giving out misinformation now. Um, well, and if so, fine. we'd love to hear from them. I'm happy to correct the record if I'm completely wrong. <laughs> well, we could we could host another podcast. Exactly, we can do a follow up. Invite invite them in and have have a chat and uh, and and see where actually yeah. we could, you know where the utility for Erg mode is potentially yeah but yeah if you have any comments about this uh, podcast show please do get in touch as i said the email address is podcast at bikeradar.com i i have been ashley quinlan that has been simon von bromley i, th- I say that pointing at the, uh, <laughs> the studio at you and uh, not calling it him uh, so i apologize for that simon Thanks to Simon for for his opinion on Erg Mode uh, today and uh, for educating me a little bit about uh, about the mode. And uh, if you have any comments about today's podcast, if you agree, disagree, um, or you just want to tell us about how we're doing on, on our podcast, please uh, email us at podcast at bikeradar.com. Um, and if you could leave us a review, uh, good and bad, we appreciate all feedback and it helps us reach uh, other cyclists just like you who... who uh, would benefit or would enjoy our commentary on the cycling industry and the bike world as a whole. Uh, But that's it for now. Thanks for joining us. And uh, well, we'll speak to you soon. Ciao for now. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 